5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Yes, and Didi Duty back live on your radio, uh, the Pirate Nation's uh, home for uh, all breaking news. 94.3 The Game, the flagship, uh, Pitt County's home for sports. Uh, great to be back with you after a couple of days away. And... Uh, Never a dull moment. Uh, ECU has just announced within the last, uh, officially announced within the last few minutes that uh, they have had kind of an outbreak of COVID-19 on the campus. Now, what this has resulted in is football uh, halting practices. That is, uh, according to numerous reports, including our uh, friend's at PirateAnalysis.com, uh, they have reported that temporarily football has paused all of their practices and activities. Uh, did not practice today. Will not practice tomorrow as previously scheduled. And the Pirates do, according to reports, plan to resume activities next week. Um, so that is the uh, the ECU football side of this. An email that was sent out to students, faculty, and staff within the last few minutes, East Carolina University has identified a cluster of COVID-19 cases within the university's football team and Clement Hall. There are currently seven positives related to Clement Hall and 10 positives associated with the football team. A cluster, and it puts that in quotes, this official release does, is identified by the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services or five, as five or more cases that are deemed close proximity and location. Location, that is in quotes in this uh, release, is defined as a single residence hall or dwelling. The dwelling in this case uh, being uh, the pirate football, I guess, offices and locker room. Uh, Individuals in this cluster have been identified, and we are working closely with our partners at the Pitt County Health Department. Contact tracing has been initiated with direct communication to anyone determined to have close contact with a person who has tested positive for COVID-19. A close contact is defined as someone who's been within six feet of an infected person for more than 15 minutes when either person has not been wearing a face covering. Those identified as close contact will be notified directly and provide uh, provided with further, further guidance. Uh, again, that is from a, a university email that was sent out to students, faculty, and staff. Uh, P-Man back with you here today. Uh, intern Ron representing the 704 is with us uh, here. Big star uh, over on the uh, student's campus station on Mondays. And our guy Ben Byram uh, producing here today. Now, Ben is uh, not only a working man, uh, but like Ron is also uh, taking classes at East Carolina University. Uh, ben, you were telling me this afternoon before the show started that you have had uh, some of your classes now that were in-person instruction go to online at least uh, here recently, right? All my classes that were in-person have been switched over to online, and that was just the teacher's decision. That wasn't even the school's decision. Right. They that was not a university decision. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that is, that is a not a university decision. Uh, the university is still, as we understand it, uh, uh, doing, as, as was reported a, a couple of days ago, uh, is still involved in uh, in-person classes. 
Uh, but the student, the teachers, the professors in this case made that uh, decision. Uh, but you were telling me, Ben, that there there was word on on campus that basically one of the residents on, I guess they're in this case, they're talking uh, Clement Hall basically uh, had uh, what is being defined as a cluster or an outbreak, if you will, I guess. Yeah, there was no doubt it was being talked about and thrown around. Everyone kind of knew and they kind of saw it coming. We just weren't expecting this to be the day that it was going to happen. Right, right. Well, here's what I am, uh, uh, and, and now uh, ECU uh, Media Relations, Tom McClellan has sent out uh, the official word about uh, ECU pausing all football activity. So something that first came up, uh, started to hear rumblings of this around uh, uh, two hours ago, uh, could not get a confirmation on it uh, that I felt comfortable with. Uh, and we were checking with some of our other partners, pirateanalysis.com being one of them. Uh, and uh, uh, they were very close to reporting the story. But again, we're waiting to get a more solid confirmation on this. Uh, and uh, now Tom McClellan releasing the following statement. ECU Director of Athletics John Gilbert announced Thursday that football activities are pausing indefinitely after evaluating results from the latest round of coronavirus disease, COVID-19 testing, all affected individuals will be isolated based on medical guidelines. Contact tracing will be conducted for close contacts per university protocol, and those identified individuals will be quarantined. Today's decision to pause all football activities comes in consultation with our medical staff after reviewing our latest test results, Gilbert said. We will continue to monitor all of our student athletes on campus and take all the necessary actions to follow all safety protocols established at the local, state, and national levels. Okay, so if uh, we were getting ready for a week zero, August 29th kickoff, I would find this concerning uh, because now it's pushed back to September 12th. I don't really find this concerning. Here's the, here's obviously you have close quarters in these dormitories. Uh, you have uh, students uh, co-mingling with one another uh, in residence halls and apartment complexes and perhaps, uh, uh, you know, any uh, Greek life housing, if there's any left uh, at the university. Uh, and, you know, there's word, too, that maybe the general student population is not masking up at the level that... Uh, you know, someone like a Ben Byram who lives off a of campus might be or that a football player might be. And so all of this makes a little bit of sense. Obviously, the players are in class and they're around these people. And so this isn't, uh, you know, shocking to me. This doesn't knock me over with a feather type. I mean, knock me over the feather kind of thing. No, I mean, to me, this is the, the, the national rate. I saw this two days ago. Uh, I think Rini Angolia had put this up, quoting some CDC numbers. Uh, that it was now below 6% nationally. And when you have the governor saying, well, we need more people to take tests, less people are requesting tests because they they're not having symptoms. There's people who I, I know have gone and get physical exams, annual exams, checkups, and they wanted their doctor to give them uh, a test since they were at the doctor, but the doctors have refused and, and begrudgingly have given people antibody tests. Uh, but now you got the governor saying we need to, we need to test more people. If people aren't displaying the symptoms, they don't aren't going to get tested or need to be tested. Now, there's always the asymptomatic crowd, but I mean, by and large, that that just reveals something about this. Who knows if the, the what seventeen individuals between football and and Clement Hall were 
were all, uh, whether they all were asymptomatic or not, we don't know that, that, uh, information is not, uh, has not been put out. I can tell you that, uh, we're set to talk with, um, Mike Houston coming up at six 15. And, uh, I'm sure with John Gilbert making this release today, that will probably start with, uh, uh, that will probably start with John Gilbert would be my guess. So that's, uh, that's where we are there. Uh, there's a ton of other stories today, but again, this is the top breaking story in case you're just joining us. Uh, ECU has, uh, paused all football activities, no practice today, no scheduled, uh, scrimmage that they were planning on tomorrow. Uh, the university put out a press release to students and faculty uh, and uh, staff members at the university right before we went on the air, essentially saying that uh, they had identified 10 cases positive uh, in the uh, football program and uh, a, a cluster, an outbreak, if you will, at Clement Hall. And that's where things are paused now. Uh, individual classes, we could tell you at ECU uh, from firsthand accounts from students have been uh, canceled or moved to online, I guess, more appropriately. The in-portion has been canceled, and they've gone to online. And uh, we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, we're continuing to uh, work this story and see this uh, as a, a lot of uh, tweets and texts are coming in with me uh, telling me where, kind of what we're reporting to you all uh, right now. Uh, we've got Ron Butler coming up in a little bit. Uh, in about uh, 10 minutes, Ron Butler is the uh, man who – is the uh, director of athletics for all of Pitt County Schools. Uh, thought it would be prudent to have Ron on in light of our Q Tucker interview. Uh, that show from Monday, Ben, from what I understand, was a heavily downloaded show at 943thegame.com. Uh, I even had people uh, ask me, could I send them the Q Tucker interview individually? And I've, I've done that with a few people who have asked who have been nice about it. Um, but uh, I, I'm anxious to hear what Ron Butler has to say. Uh, in light of what we heard from Q Tucker, to me, the big story out of what Q Tucker told us as far as scholastic sports goes is uh, kind of the next set of guidelines are going to come around Labor Day. That was one of my big takeaways from uh, that. And, and otherwise, I think we just answered and hopefully answered questions that uh, listeners had. Uh, Brian Mole set to join us as well coming up in the next half hour. Uh, HV3, an even round today at the Northern Trust, the uh, first round of the uh, FedEx Cup. Got to make it into the top 70 to advance on. Right now, Harold Varner is on the outside looking in. Ben with an update coming up at the bottom of the hour uh, on the uh, scoreboard and leaderboard uh, there uh, in the uh, at TPC Boston. Uh, the other major stories today, as I saw them, a uh, lot talked about the NCAA uh, making the statement yesterday that they were not going to, no matter how many snaps a football player took this year, how many plays they got in, how many games they got in uh, for football players. There would not be, uh, and I'm just getting this word. There will not be a press conference at six 15. Uh, that is from the guys at the sports objective. Uh, Dave Richmond at the sports objective just sent me a word there. Now I've not checked my email since we've come on the air here. So this may be in the email, but I'm being told uh, that, uh, that press conference has been, uh, has, uh, been canceled for today. And Ben, if you're seeing this, let me, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, I, I just got that email. I just got it as just when you did. So that was just a minute ago. And I had not looked at my email, uh, since I'd uh, gotten on the air, but that's the uh, deal there. Yeah. So no press conference today. So I guess that's the official statement that stands at this point. Uh, 
Uh, so we will um, not have any comments from Mike Houston or uh, John Gilbert on this. I would expect maybe tomorrow we may have something. So uh, stand by for that uh, if we do. Uh, Brian Mole will be uh, with us uh to talk about HV3, as we mentioned there. So a lot uh, coming in, and it's all kind of dumping here at the top of the hour. Um, let me give you a couple of uh, personal updates here, and then we'll, we'll grab a break. Uh, and if you'll indulge me on this, and again, we'll recap the uh, breaking news throughout the hour here. Uh, no football post-practice uh, press conference or any kind of press conference at 615 that was originally scheduled via Zoom. Uh, no FSU football practice today, no scrimmage tomorrow. Those activities have been halted. There are reports that it, uh, the plan is to resume next week, but we will see. And uh, the university releasing that uh, 10 football players or 10 football-affiliated individuals, in other words, 10 people affiliated one way or the other with the football program, have uh, found themselves testing positive for COVID, and there is a cluster at uh, one of the residence halls there. Uh, on campus as well, including a, an outbreak of seven. Um, anyway, if you'll indulge me here for a moment, folks, a, a couple of, of notes. Um, Philip Horn, who uh, was a great friend, a great man. Uh, Philip Horn uh, tragically uh, died on uh, Monday. And I got word actually uh, Tuesday. We I took Tuesday and Wednesday off for my uh, anniversary. Uh, my wife and I never had a real appropriate uh, full honeymoon because of the timing of, of starting this job and some other things. And when we got married a couple of years ago, we knew it was right up against football season, uh, and sports season. And, uh, it was going to be difficult for me to, to take a ton of time off for a honeymoon. Uh, but we did work a little in that was two years ago. Last year, we were going to celebrate our anniversary, but, uh, the ECU media day was going on and uh, I needed to be there for that. Not complaining, just giving you the facts here. Uh, so I was involved in the uh, coverage of that and our live coverage we did last year. Um, and uh, so you know, we were, Tuesday was our anniversary. And to get the news that morning, even though it had not been publicly announced that uh, Philip had died, uh, was uh, a real downer on, on what was otherwise a very special day. And it was quite surreal for uh, us to go back and kind of look at videos of our uh our wedding and our reception. And we, we saw Philip in a couple of, uh, of them and it was just a, a surreal uh, goosebump moment. Uh, Philip was a great uh, supporter and a great friend. He also was a bit of a collaborator. Uh, some of the things I would uh, write when I was on talk of the town, we would kind of write together. He did the most of the heavy lifting. I'm not trying to take any credit here at all, uh, but he would do the majority of the heavy lifting. And, uh, Philip was uh, the the guy who would help us write some bits. He uh, would do the former chancellor uh, impression. That was him. That was a, a little bit of a goof on uh, uh, Bill Muse. Uh, but it was a character that kind of took on a life of its own. Uh, our first show uh, a couple of years ago. In fact, uh, this is two years ago to today that uh, it was our first show of the Patrick Johnson show on here. And uh, he came on as the former chancellor that day. We wrote a script, uh, primarily, again, him doing the majority of the writing and me adding some some things in. And uh, that was a great bit. And I, I, I was searching feverishly for that last night. And, and uh, I think, I, I don't know, because of something else I'm about to tell you, if I'll be able to get to my treasure trove of former chancellor bits. I've been looking 
uh, all night and, and when I can today for it. Um, and then Philip would do some other impressions. He did a, he did a Bill Clinton. It was kind of the Bill Clinton slash former president. Uh, we did that impression on the Raleigh show, got me in a little bit of hot water, but it was a funny bit. And, um, Philip was just a great guy. And I know he was very, very close friends, best of friends with Henry Hinton. I know it's been tough for Henry, uh, Trent McGee as well. Uh, Trent and, uh, Philip are from the same place. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know for those two guys, this is tough for his wife, Grace and his two sons. He, he loved his sons. He, he would talk a lot about his sons. Uh, to me and kind of what they were up to in their exploits. And he just was a great man. And uh, it, uh, it's going to be missed. And it just breaks my heart uh, uh, that uh, it, I, I feel like I want to text him because I would text him stuff and he'd always have something very funny to text back. Uh, it's just one of those things. And uh, our, our heartfelt condolences to his family and uh, anyone uh, that considered Philip a friend or, or an acquaintance. Um, full transparency, I am at uh, the Working Man's Beach today, uh, Casa de Johnson. We actually got away to the beach for a few days for our honeymoon. And uh, I, I had enough of uh, equipment to do a show out of here because I had some other work I needed to do. So I brought uh, some equipment with me, but a very light skeleton type of thing. And the reason I'm still here is because yesterday, my wife, uh, we were about an hour away from leaving. We were going to go back home and then she was going to take another day and I was going to work, kind of start working, uh, start back working today and, and do the show and do some of the other things I do. Um, and I was sitting at the kind of dining table at our place at the beach, family place. And I heard just this terrible sound, which sounded like, you know, if you drop something that rolls down the stairs or, um, you know, like a, you, you, a sack of groceries stuff spills out of it, uh, that sound, I heard that. And, uh, then I didn't hear anything after that. It kept going and I, I rushed over. My wife took a, a, a spill down the stairs and she probably wouldn't want me telling this publicly, but I mean, I obviously was scared to death because she was not making any noise when, she landed at the bottom, but she knocked the air out of herself. Um, so that's why she wasn't making noise. But I, I, I had the worst thoughts going through my mind as I raced over there and got down the stairs. That was a sight to see, by the way, boys, me running down the, uh, me running to the stairs. Um, and, um, no, no, she didn't break any bones, uh, was not badly injured. Uh, just a little problem with the knee very badly. Like she said, felt like she'd been in a car accident. Uh, we, we got her to the doctor yesterday, uh, down here and they were able to take a look at her and, uh, they've put her kind of on some rest, uh, with some limited movement today. So, uh, we'll, we'll see kind of what tomorrow holds as far as being able to, uh, go home and, and pack everything. Cause she packed like we were going to Europe. So, um, but she's fine. Uh, but, uh, that's kind of landed us in the spot we are today where I'm, uh, I'm working remotely, if you will. Uh, was fully intending to be back on our normal schedule, but uh, my wife needed to to uh, get as much rest as possible after suffering, uh, you know, some bad uh, bruises and a, and a little bit of a knee injury falling uh, down the stairs. She's okay. She probably wouldn't want me telling you that, but I, I just, from transparency standpoint, I wanted to let you know where I was today. But uh, we we have a show for you, so uh, there you go. It's not been a beachy time at the beach, but uh, uh, it has been. Uh, Certainly an emotional several days, uh, 
very good emotions, but also some very uh, sad and concerning emotions as well. All right. Uh, enough of my rambling on about it. We'll get a break. Uh, we will catch up with our guy, uh, Ron Butler, Pitt County AD. Uh, there are some logistical issues with uh, what the high school association presented last week. And we'll bring those uh, to you with the uh, thoughts and words of our good friend, the former UCLA Bruin, Ron Butler, next. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. More breaking news here. Uh, Peter Hans, the newly named UNC System president, today in a statement uh, blamed students for the rollback reopening at UNC Chapel Hill and NC State. That's the other thing. NC State went to online classes today. That happened around the time I heard the news about uh, ECU originally with the football. Uh, welcome back in. Uh, in case you're just joining us, ECU uh, as a university identifying uh, 17 positive COVID cases in two what they call clusters, one involving the football team with 10, one at a residence hall with seven. More details on that coming up. Also, the ECU football uh, practices have been uh, ceased for now. And because of that, uh, there is uh, no scrimmage tomorrow. And uh, there are reports that the plan is to resume next week if they can. Uh, let's uh, go to the phone line now. Our dear friend Ron Butler uh, joins us, Pitt County Director of Athletics. Uh, and, uh, Ron, I hope all is well in your world during this uh, wild time. I assume the dental work went okay today. <laughs> well, the <laughs> dental <everything>. work. <laughs> so Dr. Humphreys did a good job. Um, of course, I, as usual, I need more work than what I thought I needed. But, uh, no, I'm pleased. I, you know, I've, I've been able to speak for a couple hours now, so I'm, I'm doing oh, great. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're well, and I hope everything else uh, in these wild times are, are well for you. Um, I, I know you got a lot of responsibilities and duties at central office. Uh, before we kind of get into the athletic side of, of everything and, and maybe some reaction to our Q Tucker interview Monday, uh, what is uh, what are the activities like right now at central office here in Pitt County? Um, it, it's, it's very hectic, and a lot of people like myself have a lot of the duties, whether it's the driver's ed, uh, the community schools and recreation, and but it's very it's very difficult to, to to pin people down when you've got a when you need a question answered. It's you've got to find somebody, and uh, but everybody's on the move, so it's it's, it's quite active. Uh, did you get a chance to hear our interview with QT? I'm sure you you hang on every word of this radio program, I know, but <laughs> but I, I, know, were you able to catch some of that? Uh, no, I've heard a lot of friends that talk about it. I wanted to catch it, but uh, I've been very busy. Uh, but no, I, I didn't catch that. Did you say anything to kind of, well, here, uh, here's my takeaway. And I just want to see if it jives with, because, you know, I, I've talked to some other ADs, uh, school ADs in the counties and, and in the county and also, uh, different schools. And one of the things that, uh, they've talked a lot about was, was logistics, but we solicited a lot of fan, uh, and listener comments and questions to kind of pass on to her that day. So I, we, you know, we asked a lot of those some of which she'd already answered, some of which was kind of new ground, or at least I'd not heard her talk about yet. The, to me, the thing that I thought was interesting is she kind of indicated there would be a next round of guidance, especially towards maybe scheduling in the postseason come uh, Labor Day time. 
Uh, are you hearing anything about, you know, that as far as uh, looking how you're going to do, how, how schools need to do the scheduling for this and uh, what the playoff scenarios may look like? Well, they've told everybody to, 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 to wait and be on hold for now uh, because there's a lot of those things we don't know. Um, I think they're, the schedule they gave us was just an outline to have an idea that if some things change and things work out, this is what we hope to do. Um, but as far as, of course, we, uh, yeah, everybody immediately, what will playoffs look like? Because if you cut the season, how much you can cut playoffs? You can go from 64 to 32. You can go to 16 teams like it was years ago. And quite often, if you didn't win your conference, uh, you didn't make the playoffs and you had some very good teams that didn't make playoffs. So, uh, so we all, we all have those questions, but uh, ultimately we would love that we want to compete. And we would love to have playoffs in high school. Absolutely. Ron, what are the, uh, Ron Butler, who is the uh, Pitt County Director of Athletics uh, with us here, uh, wh what are the logistical concerns, uh, issues with things like game transportation, uh, with things like, uh, you know, the social distancing that would need to occur on uh, a, a sideline or a bench? Uh, to me, the practice fields. What are you hearing from, from ADs? Those are some of the things I'm hearing, but what are you hearing from, from your high school ADs? Well, the first question we all have, and if we can't transport more than, you know, what may be allowed if they do want a seat um, with a mask 20 on a bus, it's very difficult to transport a football team with only 20 fit on a bus because you've got other sports and you're just limiting the number of buses you can use. So um, I think it's one of the things that would have to change before we could, could compete in a lot of sports. And that is to open up the transportation where we're able to sit two to a seat. Um, is that a, is that okay? So you're talking about two, you're not talking about more buses. You're talking being able to, to you know, put more people on a be, bus. Being able to put 30 or 40 kids on a bus. Yes. Okay. Um, that, that, that would be the only way that that could work. Now, uh, golf, tennis, sports like that, we'd be fine. You know, there's no problem, you know, because, you know, we, we take big buses sometimes to, transport five or six, six uh, student-athletes all the time. Now, as far as the social distancing and things in practice and, and on the sidelines, the coaches and athletic directors have done a fantastic job of, of handling that. And, uh, you know, I'm very pleased with the way they've done it and, and, and the way they've handled their, their workouts. And um, But, you know, there's, there's athletics going on everywhere. You know, other than football, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, whether it's lacrosse, uh, basketball, there's wrestling tournaments every weekend. Um, there's a lot of sports going on. There's just, there's sports going on that we don't have control over as far as the guidelines being followed. But, uh, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's not like we, we, you know, we need this to, to have sports. There's plenty of sports out there. Um, right. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but we just have to have, you know, cause I'm, I'm a big believer in education based athletics and, uh, would love to be able to have the sports and have it uh, come from, from the, the education base of the schools. We've got uh, Ron Butler with us, Pitt County Director of Athletics, uh, great uh, two-sport athlete at Rose, played at UCLA. Uh, I was telling someone today your uh, Patrick Ewing story. I don't know if we have time for that today, but maybe uh, <laughs> in a future visit we'll get you to tell your Patrick. Ron dunked on Patrick Ewing once, folks. No, that's not the story. That's not the. Uh, that's not the story. Um, but you know what I what I, I a couple of things leap to mind there. Um, is there hey, Patrick, a possibility? What, 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 two, what two sports yeah. are you saying I was a star in? What two sports are you? Are you I, I'm, I'm football and wrestling is what I've always. Okay. Well, what, was, was there a know, third? Just, while I'm bragging, you know, I still have the school record in the discus at Rose High School. All right, 
Three sports star at Rose. Ron Butler joining us. <laughs> Track and field, uh, wrestling, and uh, football. Uh, Ron Butler joining us here. There you go. Um, that, see, you're, you're always uh, correcting me, Ron, and I like that. Uh, is there any discussion at this point that, you know, to, to maybe accommodate the crossover of these high school sports? I mean, has there any been any discussion about maybe even doing a more limited JV or maybe not even having JV teams in some cases? I'm not saying I've heard that. I'm just kind of wondering because, you know, logistically, again, there's going to be some real issues. There he is. Uh, but the last thing you want to do is start cutting. Um, yeah. There's always that, that possibility. And, and the one thing that's, that we're discussing, and, and I've had this talk with four of our local uh, middle school ADs, and, you know, a lot of them, they're, they're, they're wringing their hands and pulling out their hair. And, I, I, you know, I'm just saying, guys, don't don't worry yourselves to death over decisions we probably don't get a say in. You know, I mean, there might be some things that we can really control that we need to worry about. But right now, there's a lot of decisions that we don't really get a say. So let's let's just you know concentrate on what we can and can't do. Um, so if it comes down to logistics, obviously yes, you you would, you would it could possibly cut JVs. But you know that's your feeder program. That's you know a JV player. You blink your eyes and that's your that's your varsity star. So um, you, you hate to do that. Um, but if it comes down to logistics and travel, you know, right now I think everybody would like to compete on some level, even if it's even if it's limited, just just too varsity. But um, we would hate to see the JV, uh, yeah, because you know, yeah. quite often if they don't play JV, uh, maybe they don't go out and play varsity. You know, you, you hate for right. a kid to get away from it and realize that you can go home and have a snack and you don't have to be pushed so hard by a coach, you know, sometimes <laughs> I wasn't, right. I wasn't smart enough in high school to know I, I didn't, I didn't have to play those sports. You know, I did it out of <laughs> habit. And if I'd right. ever gone home and realized what, you know, a lot of kids got to do after school, I don't know if I, you know, if I'd continue to play. Uh, Ron Butler, Pitt County director of athletics with us uh, here on a day where uh, ECU has halted uh, football uh, activities for a second time uh, since uh, they, they resumed these practices or uh, workouts uh, really second time since I guess June, you could say that this has uh, happened. Uh, Ron, the officiating is a big concern. Uh, already there's dwindling uh, officials who are involved in this. One of the uh, kids who's an intern with us is uh, getting into officiating uh, the last couple of years and, uh, you know, looking forward to kind of staying with that even this year uh, when, when the opportunity presents itself. Uh but I have to imagine you have older officials maybe who feel like they could be susceptible to, uh, uh, to, to the possibility of contracting COVID. Uh, is that something that's been discussed on any level and is, is a big concern about having enough officials to do all of this? Well, you know, that's been a concern for years. Uh, and the, fish, the official population before you'd ever heard of COVID has been dwindling. And fortunately, we've, we've been in better shape in North Carolina than most states. And we've got their states, they're playing football four days a week because because that's the only time they can get enough officials to do it. Uh, to your to your point on aging, uh, the average official last year for the High School Athletic Association was 60 years old. Wow, that was the average age of all the officials. Now I'm I'm a year and a half from that mark, and um, you know to run up and down the field and try to keep up. Uh, that, that, that would be difficult, uh, with, with knees and things like that. But, um, so yes, um, and that, that's probably a wise decision for some of them to think about it, but, uh, we've been blessed. A lot of these officials have, have, have done it for as long as they've had. And, uh, 
and have had the patience to do it. Um, but that would, that would obviously be a concern because when I first heard that stat, I mean, I, you know, you, you mentioned, you talked to Q and Q's a personal friend of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, when she first put that stat out I'm going, she's crazy. And then that night, that Friday night, I went to a game at, at, at Conley and there was one guy that was the young guy out here and he was a year younger than me. And that was, and everybody mm-hmm. else was much older than him. I'm going, well, I, she's got a point. I, you know, I never right, looked at it right. that way, but, but, the, yeah. uh, but, but that's been a concern officiating for a long time um, as far as getting enough officials and sometimes the abuse that they take. Um, you know, we've, we have stressed for a long time, like, let's, let's, let's keep the people off the officials, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You know, let's let them try to do their job. Um, very quickly, last thing here, and uh, I appreciate your time. We're, we're a tad short on time here, but gotcha. what would be your, uh, I guess, best recommendation, advice right now for uh, really kind of everybody, um, the, the stakeholders, if you will, uh, the, the principals, but, you know, the athletic directors, the coaches, the parents, the kids, what, what's, your, uh, what, what's your best you know, piece of advice right now to them? I think the biggest thing I'd recommend is prepare to compete, you know, prepare for success. I feel like I'm, you know, you're that backup player that, uh, you know, you may not play Friday night or Saturday, but if you don't prepare and, and somebody gets hurt, you're not ready. We've got to prepare, uh, and be ready. So if the opportunity shows up, we, we, we can compete and, uh, and do everything you can, you know, let's, uh, you know, these, you mentioned what's the colleges closing down and some of the things going on. Uh, do what you're supposed to do off the field as well. Uh, be smart, be careful and, um, but prepare, prepare for success. Yeah. Hey, thank you for the time. As soon as, um, you know, we get uh, some more guidance, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good, Patrick. Thank you very much. All right. There he is. Uh, Ron Butler, uh, joining us here, Ben Byron with an update and then, uh, caddy networks, Brian Mulk and Harold Varner advance to the BMW next week and get in the top 70. We'll update you on what Harold has done here in a moment. Get Brian's analysis all ahead on the PJ show. Ben. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for your 94 through the game sports update. Breaking news out of Pirate Football as East Hughes officially announced that it would pause all athletic activities, including football practice. After a recent spike in positive cases on campus, it was reported that 10 Pirate Football-affiliated individuals have tested positive for the coronavirus. Meanwhile, Pirate offensive tackle Deontay Smith has been selected to the 2021 Reese's Senior Bowl Top 250. The Top 250 has been to honor, quite simply, the top 250 players in college football. From college football, the NCAA Division I Council voted yesterday to recommend all fall athletes whose seasons will be altered be granted an extra year of eligibility. They also voted to recommend playing fall sports championships in the spring. UNC has announced that it is temporarily suspended athletic activities due to rise in positive cases on campus. The university announced that the suspension was to stay in effect until 5 o'clock today. There's no word on if the suspension has been lifted. Future Pirate opponent Georgia State faces a scary situation in their quarterback room as freshman quarterback Michael Colasurdo has developed a heart condition as a result of contracting the coronavirus and will be out for the 2020 football season. And temporary ACC member Notre Dame says that five of their football players have tested positive for the coronavirus while six more players are in quarantine on COVID reserve. From the NFL, ECU alumni Dwayne Harris 
is vying for a roster spot on the Baltimore Ravens. Harris will compete for the returner spot on special teams since wide receiver Chris Morrow missed a few weeks with a broken finger. It's also reported that the team is also working out Des Bryant. In the NBA, the Thunder will look to even up their playoff series with the Rockets with one game apiece. The third quarter just wrapped up with the Thunder barely leading 78-77. The Rockets came to this game as two-point favorites. Shea Gilders-Alexander having the game of his life for the Thunder. He currently has 23 points and five rebounds leading all scorers in that game. And for the Northern Trust, Australian Cameron Davis has just taken over the leaderboards, surpassing, surpassing uh, Harris English and Tommy Fleetwood. Davis currently shooting eight under through 15. Harris English wraps up the day tied for se- second, shooting seven under 64, while Tommy Fleetwood is also in second through 15. He's currently shooting seven under. Meanwhile, Tiger Woods finished three under 68. He's tied at 29th. After starting off under under par through six, Phil, Mick- Mickels- Phil Mickelson hit a funk he just couldn't get out of because he wrapped up day two o- with two over and tied for 108. And East U alum Harold Varner III finished even par and tied for 83rd. Fear 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barmo Hill from the more from the Northern Trust from Caddy Network's Brian Mole with the P Man after this quick timeout. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Hey, catch all of our podcasts available on our website at uh, 94.3thegame.com. Excuse me. At 94.3thegame's the Twitter. But uh, 94.3thegame.com, you can get the podcasts there. We updated the uh, website over the summer, and now uh, I, I saw the other day where they're going to have uh, even more excitement added. Plus some other big announcements with the show, Ben. Is that the word? That's what I understand. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. Big news. Big news. I'm excited. I like it. I like it. Also, um, wherever you download your sp- your favorite uh, podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, we're available there. Popular with the uh, female audience, from what I understand, the podcasts are. They're still leading. They're still the majority and, of our audience. Really? And the podcast? They love us. It, what, what well, it's, it's the Ben Byram effect. Uh, let's see here. Cameron Davis and Tommy Fleetwood, Fairway Jesus, leading the uh, Northern Trust. Both are eight under. Uh, and a shot ahead of uh, Kevin Streelman, the former Dookie, and uh, Harris English. Uh, let's bring in our pal Brian Mull from the Caddy Network at BG Mull on Twitter, uh, caddynetwork.com. Uh, it usually comes out uh, late Monday or Tuesday, but uh, Brian is, puts out this great uh, kind of handicapping uh, uh, article for uh, each of the PGA events that go on, including the, the Northern Trust this week. And we'll, we usually get around to posting them and, and do as soon as we see them on our social media. And uh, Brian... Uh, does a great job with that. So entertainment purposes only, boys and girls, uh, with that here in North Carolina. Brian, how are you, buddy? You well? I'm doing well. hope you are. You gave us a great recommendation for our uh, honeymoon, my wife, or our, our anniversary, my wife and I. And Happy, uh, was, happy to do that. Oh, Brian gave us a great dinner recommendation. If you're in the uh, southeastern North Carolina area, tweet at Brian Mull. He'll give you a place to eat. He's he's Many good options down here. We have no shortage of uh, terrific restaurants, something for everybody. It was a, just a wonderful dinner, great environment, so thank you for the tip on that. All right, um, 
uh, right. Yeah. Cameron Davis, Tommy Fleetwood right now. Uh, and, uh, this is, uh, I'm seeing a lot of names. It seems like we've seen since the restart at the top of, uh, a lot of, uh, leaderboards, uh, they're kind of populating the, uh, the top of the board today. Yeah. Harris English is a guy who, uh, has just steadily been cashing big, you know, nice consistent checks in the top 20 pretty much the whole season, but really since, uh, the restart, uh, hasn't really probably finished quite as high as he'd like on the weekend, but Tita Green has really played as well as anybody out there. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood's a guy that you mentioned earlier. Uh, he's shown some flashes, you know, the last couple of weeks, hadn't quite been able to put four rounds together. Of course, you know, he took a huge break, uh, month, you know, a month or so past the, the PGA Tour break before he came back over. So really a lot of rust he had to chip away, but we all know his talent. And also he has a lot of incentive this week as uh, – He's currently well outside the top 70, having only played a limited schedule. So he needs to earn some points to qualify for the BMW championship next week. And Justin Rose is another guy with a good round today who, who's in that same boat. A real rough day for Phil Mickelson. He, he started out, um, I think, a shot or two under through his first six or seven holes. And then right around the turn, the wheels came off. And, uh, he, he winds up three over Phil has never missed the BMW. He's got a morning tea time tomorrow. Uh, but is, is he too far out at this point to, uh, to, to kind of get in a position where he'll make the BMW next week? Yeah. I mean, it's going to take three pretty special rounds from this point forward because, you know, the, the scores are generally pretty low at this event. I'm expecting a winning score, you know, 16 to 18 under, somewhere in that neighborhood and uh you've got to be double digits under par to, to have any kind of week at all so you know he's going to have to have to put together some some five six under rounds here to, to get himself in that position or he's going to have a few more weeks to prepare for wing foot which uh yeah. justin thomas called his favorite course after playing practice round the other day there with tiger <laughs> oh really uh i'm looking at <laughs> i'm looking for tiger now uh and tiger is three under tied for 30th so a good morning round for Tiger Woods. Uh, how did he look today? I, I must admit, I, I've not been able to really watch any of the coverage today. How did Tiger look today, in your in your opinion? Not bad, not bad. A little bit of a slow start. Uh, you know, nothing really happening uh, early. A uh, little sluggish, and then uh, caught. You know, kind of found his rhythm there around the turn with a birdie, and played a really nice nine coming in to get it to three under, which is certainly a, a solid start. Uh, on a course where he has won in the past and had some success uh, throughout his career. Hasn't played there too much the last eight or nine years. Of course, he hasn't played any too much anywhere a lot the last eight or nine years. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought uh, it's just going to be interesting with him. Like, if he were, he's 49th or whatever. If he were to get into the top 30, you know, that'd be the U.S. Open, be his fourth week there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, you just wonder – is that is that what his body needs at this at this point? Um, I don't know. That's a decision he'll have to make. Caddy Network's okay. Brian Mole with us here at BG Mole on Twitter, uh, CaddyNetwork.com. Also uh, writes for other golf outlets, but uh, the Caddy Network has been the one that Brian has written uh, with uh, uh, quite frequently, and uh, they've uh, they've been good to him. He's been good for them uh, over the last several months. Uh, our guy HV three Harold Varner the third the uh, ECU golf alum. Uh, an even round today. Uh, and uh, again, 
he got off, I think, at 7.30 or just after this morning. Uh, give us your assessment of what you saw out of uh, HV3 today. Yeah, Harold really needed a he needed he needed a good week. Um, just being right there outside of the top seventy, you know, going into the week, and uh, just never really, you know, the putter kind of what we saw last week from him in Greensboro. Um, even though he ended up, you know, having a solid tournament, uh, just uh, a little inconsistent on the greens. His ball striking has been great really all year, but especially since the restart when he started working with uh, Bradley Hughes instructor out of South Carolina and mm-hmm. you know I think he's just uh long term or short term or both he's got to um just continue to to you know work and find uh find a stroke on the greens it's a little bit more consistent because that's really what's holding him back at this point and he'll go off tomorrow afternoon right he will and he'll need a you know this cut will be a couple under par at least and uh, certainly if he misses the cut, his, uh, his FedEx season is, is over, his playoff run is over. So he's going to need to, to play the weekend and, and have a, you know, I would think, you know, just top 25, top 30 finish probably to ensure his spot in next week's event. You know, the thing is we could do it. And I go back to the, uh, the PGA a couple of uh, weeks ago, he, he kind of leaked a little bit of oil late round, uh, Friday, uh, scuff, scuffled a little bit uh, to start his round uh, Friday, but, but it was Thursday in round one where he, where he uh, had his issues near the end and really got out of the box a little slowly. But then, you know, kind of on the back nine of uh, at the PGA out in San Francisco, he turned it on and made the cut. So, I mean, we know he's capable of a big boy round, right? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And um, as well as, as he's hit the ball, like he's creating a lot of birdie opportunities, his proximity proximity to the hole is terrific. You know, he's, he's getting the ball in there close, certainly with his power. The par fives are always in play as far as reaching the green and two and having an eagle or birdie opportunity. And so he can get it going uh, just, and, uh, you know, has rolled some putts in at time too. I just think consistently day to day, round to round, hole to hole, um, you know, he, he needs to just be a little bit more solid in that area to, to take that next step. And, you know, where he's at right now is a great place to be, you know, to, to be 73rd in the FedEx cup is a tremendous accomplishment in its own right. But, uh, I know he wants more than that. Yeah. Uh, let's hope he has a good round tomorrow, gets, uh, makes the cut and then puts himself in a position to, to get on to next week, uh, to the BMW. Hey, um, Brian, I always appreciate your time and, uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Have a good one. There he goes. Brian Mall. Always great to catch up with him talking golf. Uh, Harold Varner, an even round today at uh, the Northern Trust. All right, uh, when we return, uh, some final words for you. Recap of all the breaking news that happened today. It was a huge day as far as the ECU and Pirate football goes. And uh, the deets on that when we return. You're listening to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Ed. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, boy, big show today. Lots going on. Um, big thanks to uh, Ron Butler for being with us. And uh, big thanks to Brian Mole for just popping by here, talking a little HV3 and golf with us uh, here. Uh, let's see. Uh, ECU football has ceased for the time being practices and all kind of team-related activities. An outbreak of 10 COVID-positive cases affiliated with Pirate football 
Uh, also, the university announcing that seven occurred at the uh, Clement Residence Hall, seven positive cases there. So a couple of clusters on campus, and there is no sort of, uh, uh, if you will, press conference today. There was no practice today. There will not be a scrimmage tomorrow. So uh, we'll wait and see what the latest updates are. Uh, follow up on that. Uh, stay with our social media as we'll continue to follow that. Uh, and a few people of you, a few of you text. My wife's okay, uh, and I appreciate your concern. She's good, just uh, resting up, but uh, some harried times. Hey, I'm going to be on the Sports Objective podcast uh, tonight, so if you want to check that out, uh, that'll come your way at seven o'clock. Otherwise, we'll talk to you tomorrow at five o'clock here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Mm-hmm.